Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, December 13th. I'm Rob Litters here with Mark Dent, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to talk about an historic contract in the world of baseball. Shohei Otani inked a deal with the LA Dodgers worth $700 million over 10 years. It's the biggest contract in baseball history and the biggest contract in American sports history. But Otani will not be getting all of that money at once. He elected to defer $68 million per year every year and will be paid it on a per year basis later on. Sheesh. We'll be breaking that down. Is the deal worth it? Why did Otani defer that money? And what does this contract mean in the wider world of sports? But before we do, let's break down what else is happening across the world of business and tech. First up, Epic Games won its three-year antitrust case against Google. The suit, which centered around Fortnite, argued that big tech companies like Google force users to pay through their systems in order to take a cut of in-app purchases. Good for Epic Games. Hasbro is cutting 1,100 jobs, nearly 20% of its workforce amid declining toy sales. It's the second cut for the company after eliminating 800 jobs earlier this year. Mark, anything to say about this? That is an especially brutal layoff news. I feel like the toy company laying people off two weeks before Christmas. And it just makes me wonder, Hasbro has been really talking about and positioning itself as having so many revenue streams and it's sort of movie universe and all this. Yeah, it's like reverse Disney. Yeah, and, and so you wonder why that they haven't been better positioned to withstand potentially a softening of toy sales. Mattel had layoffs earlier this year. Granted, that was before Barbie came out, but still. So it's happening in other places throughout the toy industry. You can attribute this to Captain Obvious, but I think kind of the bigger narrative here is that young kids aren't playing with toys as much anymore. They're on Roblox, they're on TikTok, they're on YouTube watching Coco Melon, all that sort of stuff. Super unfortunate, though. It's just Bluey's world now. Yeah. Yep. The Arena Group, Sports Illustrated's publisher, terminated CEO Ross Levinson a week after firing its operations president and COO, media president, and corporate counsel on the heels of the publication's AI-generated content scandal. Just a mess right now for Sports Illustrated. And I don't know if you saw that, Mark. I'm sure you did. But I think they're unlucky here because they're one of the first publishers to get caught doing this with AI. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of people are doing it. But Sports Illustrated just has this unbelievable reputation for premium sports journalism. And it's an unfortunate reflection on where the journalism world is at that Sports Illustrated had to create an AI writer. But I guess that's just where we are right now. Many of them. Many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're probably right. But I think that the media companies that are, you know, using artificial intelligence to create kind of BS articles are companies that people don't hold in very high regard. And, you know, I know Gannett, they obviously own some pretty well-known and prestigious media companies, but, you know, nevertheless, it's an embarrassment. 
it may be the way things are going, but uh, this was an extremely embarrassing situation for a publication that still has a lot of really good, talented people working for it who are humans. More news from Apple. Apple's iOS 17.2 comes with a new journal app that offers topic suggestions based on iPhone activity, such as listening to a podcast or visiting a location on a map. Um, Mark, I'm not going to hold back here. This app sounds terrible. Are you going to use this? (laughs) I mean, the answer is probably not. It reminds me of maybe just like a slightly less intrusive way of a pop-up showing up on Facebook after I Google something. Yeah. I'm an Apple fan in general. I'm just saying I think this app sounds kind of silly. And now into economics. Last month's US inflation numbers are in and they are just fine. A slight cooling and a dip in energy costs headlines the report which leads into today's Federal Reserve decision on interest rates. Most experts now expect the Fed to keep rates steady. Lastly, we've got some news in Candyland. The Mars Snacking Division, home to M&M's, Skittles, and Starburst, and more, set an ambitious target for the next decade. They're looking to double their current annual revenue, which is $18 billion to $36 billion. The secret weapon? It's 2017 acquisition of Kind Bars, which is now expanding globally. Mark, where do you stand on Kind Bars? I'm not as much of a fan of Kind Bars as I am chewy granola bars. Just give me that cheap, mass-produced, whatever granola. That's what I'm here for. Exactly. All right, Mark, on to our main story today. So Shohei Otani signed the biggest contract in baseball and American sports history. I remember seeing this on the bottom line over the weekend and just being astonished at these numbers. 10 years for $700 million. For those that might not have context into Otani, this guy is not only possibly the best hitter in baseball, but he's also one of the best pitchers. He's truly a -a once-in-a-lifetime type talent that kind of harkens back to Babe Ruth, honestly. Mark, where do we even start with this? This is a crazy contract. Can you help put this into perspective? Yeah, and he's not just one of the best hitters right now and one of the best pitchers right now. He's arguably one of the best of all time. If you put those two together, it's like you said, Babe Ruth was a legend, but he didn't pitch and hit at the same time. Right. He pitched for his first few years and then he became a full-time hitter. He is extraordinary. And the contract that he signed was extraordinary on its own, just the 10 years, $700 million. But the reason why we're talking about it today and why everybody who aren't even baseball fans are talking about it is because the contract is even more interesting because he is deferring almost all of it for about 10 years. Like you said, it's a 10-year, $700 million deal. So that would mean $70 million a year, except he's going to defer $68 million every year until 2034 when he will be paid $68 million a year as what will basically amount to a retirement annuity. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he's basically creating like the biggest pension of all time. Yeah. Do you have context into why he chose to defer? Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, they got deep into talks with the Dodgers and and Otani was also talking to some other teams. But it just got to the point where Otani was very serious about wanting to go to a winning baseball team. And for people who don't follow the sport often, he had been playing for the Anaheim Angels down the road in Orange County, and they were not good. (laughs) They had Shohei Otani, and they had another really good player named Mike Trout. Who signed the biggest contract in baseball history before Otani did, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was like 12 years for about 400 million plus. (laughs) So, I mean, he's also one of the greatest of all time. And yet the Angels did not make the playoffs. Unbelievable. You know, he's been with them for, I think, five or six years, and he's been especially good for the last three years, and they did not even sniff the playoffs. Like, they weren't even close, really. He wanted to be on a team that wins, 
The Dodgers, they make the playoffs basically every year. They won the World Series three years ago. Great franchise. But he didn't want to sabotage the team. Sometimes when athletes, when they sign these huge contracts, the other teams don't have enough money to go around in some cases. And so if Otani is only making $2 million a year rather than seventy. And for some weird baseball rules that we won't get into, it's actually going to, even though he's making $2 million, it's going to be still costing the Dodgers something like 46 on their payroll every year. But that's still less than 70 And they're still going to be able to sign other really good players and, and still be a healthy franchise. That is super interesting. I had absolutely no yeah. idea. If they're not actually paying him and he's deferring some of it, then they don't need to recognize the entire contract in that exact year. Is that something that's ever happened before? I mean, that seems like a really smart idea, honestly, in some ways. In other ways, I think a lot of like financial advisors would tell you to take all the money at first and then put it into certain investments so you can build interest on it. But is this something that's happened before in pro sports or baseball specifically? Well, I think you're right that financial advisors usually would not recommend this. And I don't know what Otani's advisor recommended. For the record, he also makes about 40 million plus in endorsements every year, which will potentially even go up from here. He's doing fine. He's fine. But yeah, this actually has happened a little bit in baseball. I'd say most famously, there's the Bobby Bonilla contract. And people in the media do stories about this almost every summer because I think it's in like August or July. The Mets still owe Bobby Bonilla about $1 million every year. <laughs> even though he retired more than 20 years ago. And, and that's because he was owed $6 million in 1999. The Mets didn't want to pay it. And so he said, all right, well, I'll defer. So he gets a million dollars per year every year until 2035. So that's another 12 years from now. But Max Scherzer, who's a very well-known pitcher who's going to be in the Hall of Fame and just won a World Series with the Texas Rangers this year, he is still getting paid around $15 million a year by the Washington Nationals until 2028 because he deferred his salary. Most interestingly, and even more casual sports fans will know this name, Ken Griffey Jr., probably the most famous baseball player of the 90s. He signed with the Cincinnati Reds for a big contract, I believe, in the late 90s. And he played for them for about 10 years, but he is still getting getting paid by them because he deferred so much of his contract. He's going to make $3.5 million next year from the Reds. That will be the last payment that goes to Griffey. So he'll make more money than Shohei Otani next year, sort of. <laughs> that, that is really crazy. And yeah, I mean, Griffey had the sweetest swing in baseball history. That's wild. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that most of the time, financial advisors would advise against this. Are there any benefits to Otani besides what's happening from a team standpoint, where they'll be able to sign more high-quality players and build a more talented roster? Well, one thing that a lot of people have pointed out, because, you know, LA is in California, and, and everybody loves to remind people that taxes are high in California. They are. For the highest earners, the tax rate is going to go up to just over 14% next year, which is a lot. So Otani will be paying 14% on his $2 million. He would be paying 14% on $70 million if that's what he was making. So by deferring these payments and earning this $68 million in 2034 is when he's going to start doing it per year, Otani will almost certainly be retired by then because he's 30 years old right now. And he will probably not be living in California. He's from Japan. He might be moving back to there. Maybe he'll just move to like Nevada or Florida or something like that where you don't owe any state income tax. And so he would get $68 million tax-free. However, inflation, as we all know, has not been great. Exactly. 
This has obviously happened a few times, as you pointed out. Has this actually helped any organizations? If you think of it from a larger business perspective, I really don't think it does make very good sense, whether it's sports or anything else. Although that said, I feel like high-earning CEOs should always defer their money, maybe forever. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> but in baseball, you know, the Mets, they actually made the World Series in 2000. But no, the Reds, they were never very good under Ken Griffey Jr., even during his tenure. The Nationals, they did win a World Series with Max Scherzer in 2019. Okay, there we and go. And they did have some other kind of high-paid players there, but their team is in shambles now. Yeah. They had a lot of expensive contracts that they ended up just getting rid of, etc. You know, it's complicated. And baseball is a complicated sport where you play 162 games and then the playoffs, you only need to win like two or three against a team to beat them. And this year, the Dodgers, who were one of the top three or four best teams in the MLB, they lost to the Diamondbacks, who only won around 84 games in the regular season. So even with like Otani and potentially signing more stars, there's really no guarantee it's going to pay off successfully for the team. Perhaps it will, however, help the Dodgers earn a lot more money from ads and just more viewers tuning in from international markets, et cetera. Oh, for and sure. so in that case, it could easily be a win. But otherwise, man, baseball is a fickle sport. It's very tough to predict. And no matter what, the Dodgers are going to owe a ton of money in 2034 through 2043. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be in trouble. But to your point, Otani is an absolute international superstar. It's a nice little move for him. Yeah. I mean, if, if I made $70 million a year, I wouldn't mind deferring <laughs> some of it. So yeah. yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. Have a terrific Tuesday and we will see you tomorrow. Hey everybody, let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.